See this? This is my boomstick. Damn it, Jim, what the hell's the matter with you? Well, baby, he's so horny. He's so horny. It's funny how it is. It's funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Don't, don't, don't. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you oh, mean, no, funny? No, no, yes. Let's just pray I have the energy to get myself this another beer. This town needs an enema. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I still understand. You never know what you're going to get. You have failed me for the last time. Wrong, sir. Wrong. I was saying balloons. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh my gosh. And, and we're, we're back. From summer hiatus. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think we talked about this before. It's just, it when, when there's only two of us, it's really, really hard sometimes to get it actually done. Because when there's three of us, you know, one can't make it, two can. When there's two of us, you know, it's one is the loneliest rough. number. And especially, you were away for... A week, which then, covers two shows, basically. Yeah. It kind of did. You were here for one of them. I was at Widget U, so I was gone one week. That's right. And then I was back for a week. I might have been back for two. But then you, then it was the night before you went to Vegas that we were going to do a show, show, and you had so much crap to do. Yeah, that I was, I was in the middle of building a website for something that was launching out, out in Vegas at another convention at uh, Widget World. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, that was a that was a mess. But you may have noticed, gentle listeners, that we've started to at least throw you some some uh, breadcrumbs or or something. We've thrown you a bone here and there. Yes. We've gone back in the archives and we've pulled out some of the old episodes that you haven't heard in Vintage. a long time. Vintage. Yeah, actually, show number one was up. Show number last one week. was up as a best of. Yeah. Uh, was it labeled as that? Uh, it was labeled as show 001, huh? Oh, okay. Like, what? Well, that's what we're going to do. If if we can't get to do a show, we'll at least do our best to get you a best of. Because the first, I think, 25 shows were actually haven't been available online for years. Yeah. What was the reason for that? Do you remember? I Some do. We'll talk about it off there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say technical difficulties. Yeah. And... Could, to be honest, what I thought it was was one of the times we either got hacked or or something happened and we couldn't. It was going to be much too much trouble to go back and and re reload them or something. I don't know. It was some. It was something along those lines. But anyway, so what we're doing now is we're we're going to try our best to throw you a best of episode when we can't get to do a new one. Yeah, you know how you, you have those shows you really like and there's going to be a new episode next week and you tune in and all it is is clips from other episodes <laughs> and you're like, what the hell, this is bullshit. They're having their like memory lane episode, like they're on there live, uh, they're actually there for maybe three minutes of the whole show and the rest of it's just a bunch of crap thrown together. We're not going to do that to you folks. The 100% of whatever you hear is going to be the crap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll, you'll get to hear from Sun King back when we started, yeah, and the when first he episode the that he was talking about his treehouse. That was uh, I didn't realize that's that right. that was the first episode thing though. Where wow, he talked about his treehouse that he built by hand. We always had some good, good, bizarre stories from Sun, Sun King. King. Yeah, and you weren't there. You said apparently not. I thought I was, but I'd actually written the show notes before I listened to them. Then I went back and listened, and they actually Mao actually comments about how there's three of us tonight, but there'll be more of us. There are more of us. It just we all couldn't be here tonight. That was much easier when yeah. there were four people, and if two couldn't make it, two could still do the show. Exactly. But, so, like I said, so stick with us. I know it's been rough these past few months with new episodes not showing up as often as they should. We know that uh, Mao is having a conniption on the other side of the globe, but, but we have not given up on you, gentle listeners. We have not. And Mao, anytime you want to do a throw-in show, you know, you're more than welcome to, sir. Yeah, we still need to hear what happened in Japan. Yeah. We and haven't or, heard that. You know, if, we wanna, if you want to set up another one of those shows where we, where we actually talk. Skype? Yeah, Skype. That would be cool. Seriously. We want to hear what happened. Yeah, so do the listeners. They want to hear more about that than we 
than from us. Because from our understanding of Japan, they still don't have electricity. So Yeah, that, at least that's what I saw. I think I read that in the Inquirer. Yeah. Wow, how's that for dusting off an old <laughs> reference? <laughs> Inquirer anyway. Online. So, it's so, been a while. <clears throat> yes. What's happened? Oh, a bunch of happened. You have a, a conclusion to the story you told in our last I think live I, went, episode. I went to Widget U in uh, New Orleans. Right. Since we last were on there, I went to Widget World. Actually, Photoshop World. I don't have to call it Widget World. Yeah. Photoshop World in Las Vegas two Very weeks cool. later. And in between there, you know, last last episode where I was talking about doing the 48-hour film festival or the film project, and um, we had gone to the screening, and the week in between uh, Widget University and Photoshop World, I actually found out how we did. How'd you do? Well, we were we ended up being nominated uh, for uh, seven seven awards total. Um we were in the Okay, running. wait, wait. Let's recap a little okay. bit. How if you don't know what the forty eight hour film festival is, go back and listen to the last uh live episode that we did and uh probably explains the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah. how many how many different teams were there? There were a total of twenty eight teams, I believe, that entered in Tampa Bay. Uh twenty five basically okay, just short rundown, basically they give you a a subject and like a character and a prop and some other things you have to use and you're given a genre that's drawn out of a hat everybody gets a different genre um, and you're given 48 hours to complete a film script co- concept script production post-production and turn it in basically right they give you the information in one location you have to be back at that location exactly two days later with your finished product okay and uh, there were uh, 28 teams that participated 25 teams actually turned films in out of the 25, I think it was 25, or no, wait a minute. Yeah, I think it was 25, and out of the 25, I believe it was 23 were eligible. 20, or two of them were late entries, didn't, didn't oh, okay. make it. And three just didn't bother trying. Gotcha. They, they got their things and either tried and just failed miserably or whatever. They didn't actually turn anything in. Okay. So I believe it was 23 in total that were in the running for everything. And uh, we were nominated for seven awards. We were nominated for... Uh, Audience favorite. We were nominated for uh, best picture. Wow. Um, uh, best uh, visual effects. Uh, best use of character. Um, best director. Best cinematography, which was kind of a weird one because of the type of movie we had. I'm not sure how many that is. That's um, a lot of. Oh, and best sound uh, sound editing. I think that was it. I think. Damn. Anyway, long story short. A lot of good stuff. Long story short, we uh, ended up not getting um, Best uh, Director, and we ended up not getting Best for Cinematography. We were actually kind of surprised we got nominated for the Cinematography, because what we got for a a, uh, genre was period piece, and we went with a 1950s-slash-60s-ish educational film type of thing, which basically meant that everything we shot was a camera on a stand pointing straight ahead, Oh there no! There were there were no sweeping shots. There was no right, right. I mean, there were there was one shot of uh, of uh, one of our actors and a, uh, several of our actors like in a field, yeah. which had like a view kind of. <laughs> and you but did win that no, one. No, we didn't. Oh, we okay. Didn't. We didn't win for best director, which my friend uh, Cheese was very upset about initially, and uh, we didn't win for cinematography, but we did win for best visual effects, which was partially my animation. We won for best sound design. Uh, we won for um, audience favorite. Cool. We won. Um, was another one. What, what was that one? Um, best use of character, because we they give you they always give you the choice. They give you a, a male name and a female name, and we used both. Right. And we won best film. Very and cool. The best film is is the big deal. Because yeah. A couple things happen as a result of that. One, we're automatically being shown at the Gasparilla Film Festival later on this year. Cool. Uh, two, we're, our film gets entered into a competition in Arizona called Filmapalooza, and the top, I think it's the top five from that end up going to Cannes Film Festival over in France. Holy crap. So, uh, and the fact that we're making it, if we, the deal is is that in order for your film to actually show at Filmapalooza, you have somebody representing your group has to be there. Uh-huh. Which will rule out, I mean, our, our odds are actually decent of, of making it all the way because this is an international thing, and there's, like, groups from China, from South Africa, from, like, all uh, of the places that do it. But to be eligible for 
the film of Palooza, you somebody has to actually represent right. Your group so who's going to fly over from, from China, China <laughs> or from South Africa or in the Middle East? Yeah. So uh, our odds are fair, fairly decent there for that one. But um, but we definitely have somebody that's going out. Uh, Cheese actually just texted me today and said that he's already got his hotel booked for it. So cool. he's trying to talk me into going, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> but. Uh, but it was funny because when we um, when we were watching the screening, a lot of the films in our screening sucked. I, mean, I don't know how to put it nicely, and that's common. About half the film, half or more of the films are usually really bad. They're people that don't really know what they're doing in any co- any real capacity. They signed up, paid their entrance fee, and then just made a mess. They film it. It was more than they were expecting, probably. Or they just. It's, what happens is people. People will film in a linear fashion. A lot of times, it oh yeah. Like, a lot of times, it seems like they're writing the script as they're going, or they're mm-hmm. making it up as they're going. Because what will happen is you'll see, like, as the film gets, you'll you'll see approximately where they realize they're running out of time. Because <laughs> everything starts off kind of okay, and then suddenly it's like, and then it's over, which tells you right there that they didn't have a, a full script fleshed out because they, there's no real ending to the story. Right, and. The fact that they obviously were, they started rolling the camera and filmed scene after scene after scene rather than, you know, like everything in this Instead location. Instead of editing. Yeah. Uh, because then the, because everything just goes to crap at the end or halfway through. And, um, but it seemed like there were a lot of them in our group this year. There were a couple that were really well done and one, that, one in particular that would have been really good but they didn't complete it. And it was a, uh, black comedy and they actually had a, it was a, they did a crime buddy one but one of the crime guys was a, uh, was like a Muppet. <laughs> they called them flurries, a flurry or whatever, and the whole story was about some guy that was killing, like some uh, arsonist that was killing flurries. Yeah, I remember you and saying like, this for, the, for me, the other one personal. <laughs> but uh, they didn't have time to dub the audio for the Muppet. Yeah, you did so, say this. <laughs> so yeah, in the audience, one of the guys kept yelling out the Muppet's line. I mean, <laughs> like if they'd actually completed theirs, theirs might have been a serious contender, but. You got it. That's the whole point, though. Is you got to do it in forty-eight hours, yep. and whatever you get done within forty-eight hours is it. And they had a lot of post-production that wasn't complete on theirs. And about seventy-five percent of our film actually was post-production, and we worked our butts off to get it done. So <laughs> we, were, we were. Did I ever show it? Nope. To you? No. Never I'll, saw I'll it. show it to you tonight. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we'll link to it if I remember. <laughs> Probably not. Good luck. Don't want to hold. Don't want to get your hopes up. But um. But yeah, it was kind of cool. So um. That is. I mean, that's very cool. And I'll tell you, I've I've done it for the last two years. Our group has done it for oh, I guess this this would be year number three for me. Our group has done it for a total of four years, and this is a we've been nominated for various things. But I know the second year, the only thing we won was best graphics, and that was because of our closing credits, not visual effects, but <laughs> graphics. <laughs> wow. Our closing credits. We did have some really good visual effects in there, but I suspect that they didn't actually catch that it was fake because there was a, there was a, that one was a crime scene one, and we had a, we had a one scene that took place in a, uh, in a, um, interrogation room, and then there was another scene that was like in the next room over with the two-way mirror. Uh Uh-huh. And the, the room with the two-way mirror, it was totally green screened. Ah. But showing it to someone from our own group, they didn't, they, they were asking where we got that location for it because they didn't catch that it was done in the studio. So, because and the reason I say that is because the film that did win for best visual effects was was god awful. It looked like uh, like Atari graphics being thrown <laughs> at the screen at one point for blood splatters. It it was the only movie that actually at that that year had obvious visual effects in it. So I think they won it because they were the only one that we weren't even nominated for it. And we were shocked at that, and that's when we realized well they didn't know they didn't know. So. Uh, that was a lesson learned there, is we have to be more, more obvious, obvious about it. <laughs> or at least do something fantastical enough that there, it can't be confused, because it was just a room that didn't exist with a two-way mirror and reflection. I mean, and they, we, they'd, done it, they'd done it where you'd see the reflections of the actors in the glass. Wow. Down. So, yeah. Um, then the second year, the, or last year, we won for Best Use of Character, and that was that was it. So... I, w- I was excited about it this year. This is the first time we've done one, and I've like been proud of it. But uh-huh. I went into it very, with very, very modest expectations. But we just kept winning and winning and winning. And then there was uh, there was like one or two others that kept winning all these awards, and we kept I kept thinking, oh crap, we're not. And because what they did is there were five nominees for best picture, and they ended up uh, showing all five of them throughout it. And uh, I, there were one or two of them, and I'm like, oh yeah, we lost to these people, you know, because there were there were better ones in the second showing that we didn't see. But uh, 
but no, we won it. So cool. Yeah, nice. It was a it was a good time though, and uh, it was nice to finally win something. So. Yeah, really, especially best what best, best film uh, best film you know and fan uh, audience favorite audience favorite those yeah. are two pretty pretty high ones yeah so so out of the twenty three I guess that were eligible we were we were you loved us you really loved us if only you could have shot it in three D I know you know what we actually talked about that afterwards too because that would have been awesome because. The Nintendo 3DS, mm. like that segue, has a um, video channel. Oh, really? Yeah. And I know this because between this show and the last show, my birthday came and went, and I ended up with a 3DS. Yeah, so... And I have to say, that thing is pretty cool. It's much better than I expected. Yeah? Yeah. I was uh, the I was I had no intention of getting one. But Neither did Mao, which kind of surprised me a little, but I figured he was just waiting till he left his on a plane again, and yeah, then he'd yeah, pick, up really. and pick it up. For, well, well, it dropped in price. That was a big thing. That was a huge thing. The other huge thing for me, anyway, was that GameStop was running a special where if you trade in your old DS, they'll give you up to, what was, was it, up 100? to $100 yeah. for it. And depended on, on what the... Um, Depended on what DS it was, mm-hmm. like John's, they were going to give him five dollars for it. Really? What was yeah. his? His is just a not the original DS, but the, the next DS Lite. one. DS Lite. Yes. Five bucks. That's it. Yeah. Wow. It, it also had a little. It had a crack in it. Ah. Oh. So his was worth five dollars. So wow. basically, we said piss off. But I had a DSi, which was in perfect condition, mm-hmm. and I got. That I got seventy nine dollars for. I wonder what you would have had. I guess you'd have had to have like the XL. The XL for the hundred. Yep. But um, still, though, that made it under a hundred bucks. And plus, with birthday money and and thanks to you, a uh, a gift card. In the end, I ended up paying forty dollars out of pocket for it. Sweet. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Um, comes with a lot. It comes with a three D camera, of course. Um, several games that are. Pretty pretty cool. Now, are these like preloaded games or cartridges? Yeah, no, preloaded. Okay. Wow. Uh, one of the games, it, it takes a picture of your face, and then it, it extracts your face from the picture, mm-hmm. you know, from the surroundings, and yeah. it, it plugs it into, like, uh, spaceships and stuff that you're shooting. Huh, that's and, cool. But you, you're moving your body around. It uses the what is oh, it? Oh, so it's got a it's got a gyro reader or a, a, a gy- it's got a gyroscope and an accelerometer. Accelerometer. Yeah, that. So that it knows where in space the 3ds is. Sweet. So, so you can shoot like there may be something behind you and you have to turn around. And that's cool. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty fun. It's also got some some game where it comes with. Cards. It's it's the virtual reality. Oh, okay, so you put the card. So you put down the card on the table, and up pops out of the card. Up pops like a shooting gallery. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it also has a couple of the things from the uh, DSI, which was like the the music or the voice manipulator, where you could talk into it and then manipulate the tone and the pitch and all that stuff. Um, there's the video channel, and what that does is there's four different, there's always four different movies, and it just downloads them to you every so often, and it replaces it's ones that are there. Computer? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> I doubt that even got picked no. up. Um, so there's always like four videos there. And every couple of days, it replaces one with a new one. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Um, they and have the their and the videos are in three D. Videos are in three D. What kind of videos? Uh, one is always a music video. One is always a like some silly comedy sketch thingy. Okay. I mean, they're all short. Hmm. Um, one is always some sort of cartoon type thing. I can't think of what the other one is. Oh well, one week it was just like. Um, 
something you'd find on the Nintendo channel on the Wii, where it was like, hi, I'm so-and-so for the Nintendo channel, and today we're going to be reviewing the whatever Whatever, game. But it was in 3D. Yeah, it was in 3D. Now, the music videos, are those, like, popular music videos, or are those, like, Nintendo music videos? No, they're they're actual... Like, mainstream? Like, if there was really an MTV anymore? Yeah. Something something you might see on there. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um... So it's not like Hayao Miyazaki playing uh, Wii music no. with his with his Wii controller. No, it w- I'm trying it's to. Th- I can't think of his name. I can't think. Of, uh, the one who sings his name at the start of every song. Jason Derulo, Derula, Derulo. No idea. He was there one week. Hmm. I haven't watched those. I don't need to. Jason Derulo. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's douchey. There's also another thing. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but basically, when you have the the D, the DS closed, mm-hmm. it measures your footsteps. Well, and for every like hundred, kind of, kind of, for every hundred steps you take, you get a coin, up to ten coins a day, and then you can trade those coins in for. There's like a thing where you can put together puzzle pieces, and you get a new puzzle piece. Or there's also like a a um, an RPG adventure huh. that you trade the coins in for to hire a um, a warrior, and those warriors attack the the uh, boy. Why am I'm having brain farts here? The enemy. Okay. But the other thing is that if you take the 3DS with you, like one day I took it to Bush Gardens. I probably shouldn't have, but I did, and. I must have passed someone who also had their 3DS with them. And it, they exchanged information. Hmm. So at the end of the day, when I looked, I had some... I assume it's a kid. I had some kid... Well, they, I'm sure they assumed I was a kid. But who knows? <laughs> um, this This kid from North Carolina was now in my... It's called Street Pass. I just remembered. Okay. Um, was in my street pass, and I was able to use him as one of the warriors. Huh. And his, with his like knee him, is like still his in case? there. Yeah. Huh. It's the the knee that he created. Okay. Because so there is photo thing. No. Okay. No. There's no, there's a me a me channel in this so in the three DS. So it's basically like the like the me parade kind of. Yes. Same idea. He's wandered on. And then I did. With one more gift certificate that I had gotten after I bought it, I bought the um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time in 3D. Cool. Updated graphics, updated um, 3D, of course. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm. I was hesitant to buy it because I remembered so much of the game mm-hmm. when I played it the first time. Yeah. And as I was playing it, because uh, I'm still in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still somewhat disappointed because I remember so much of it mm-hmm. more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but I'm like, okay, I know there's something here, and I know there's something there. Gotcha. And that ru- that takes the fun out of it. There's no discovery. There's no. no exploration. It's just. And the thing is that because I had asked the guy in GameStop when I was thinking of buying it. I said, I remember so much of the game. Is it still worth playing? Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, come on, he's trying to And it's because he was born when the first one came. Well, no, because he said he did the same thing. Uh. He said, I remember the original, too, but it was still so cool playing it in 3D and blah, blah, blah. And no, I mean, He was talking about the one, the first time he played it, the, the one and only time he turned it on. Yeah, really. You're well, like, the yeah, other I thing he said was that cool once you finish the game, then it unlocks the Master Edition which I remember they came out with. I have that on a a CD Mm -hmm. that, you know, it was a promo thing where they redid several of those Zelda games, Mm -hmm. moving things around. Okay, instead of going here, and here's where the, you know, here's where the heart is, and here's where the bomb is, and here's where the map is. That's probably what they should have done, is just made a master master edition version. Or Or at least let you access it. Like a remaster edition, or remastered edition, or something, yeah. Because I remember when I got that, I started playing it, Mm -hmm. and it was different to where at least everything was somewhere else. 
you know, basically they took all the stuff and reshuffled them. Right. But you still back had back in those days, those games were so simple. Like it, like it, like it wouldn't be hard to go back and they oh yeah, play, but like take all the levels of the original Mario and just move blocks around. Right. So it's different. Yeah. But the, it's, it's the, the same, same concept but different. and it's the same worlds, but it's just not like left for three seconds, jump. Left right. for three seconds, jump. Go back, hit this thing seven times. Yeah. Jump. Yeah. And and I remember when I did try that, it was like, okay, it's really cool that things are different, but you still had to go through the same steps. You still had to go wake the old man at the side of the castle, then you had to sneak in the castle, then you had to go talk to Zelda, then you had to go do this, then you had to go do that. It's just that other things were in different places. Like the little power-ups and stuff were all hidden yeah. in different spots. And, and, and the, the compass and the map yeah. and, and that stuff. And I'm thinking, even as I'm playing this, I'm like, I don't want to do this a second time. Like, I'm already doing it a second time. I don't want to do it again and have it just be harder, but the exact same thing still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I love it. It's great. It's Zelda. But I almost wish... I think because Ocarina of Time was so new and different and fantastic when it came out Uh that I know I tried to play it several more times. So especially that beginning part, was I was just tired of it. Even now... So I'm thinking, okay, well, I got past that part. I know I never made it this far in the second, third, fourth time trying to play it. Mm. So now it should get better, and I'm sure it will. But I can't imagine doing it another time Hmm. after I finish it. So it's like, okay, I'm already thinking, I wonder how much I can get for this since it's still brand new. Yeah. And from what I hear, there's a Mario Kart and a new Super Mario World of some sort coming out. But not till next year. No, one of them's right? coming out in December, I okay. think. And I want to say it's Mario Kart, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, may end up I want I, that. At least between Mimi, Bun, and I, we may end up with at least one uh, 3DS because of that. And that, that was the main thing. When I saw the... No, I shouldn't say that was the main thing. The main thing was the price. But one of the deciding factors to getting it was when I watched the Nintendo channel. Mm-hmm. And they were showing previews of Mario Kart. I'm like, oh, I want this now. Yeah, I want it. (laughs) So, yeah, I got it. It's it's very good, and and the 3D effect itself is good. You showed me. Very good. Really, I mean, that was the thing. Is I was always curious about it, and nobody ever had them out. You know, yeah. When the the 3DS came out, or no, the 3D Lite, or the DSi, no, the DS Lite, (laughs) (laughs) which was the one that I bought. I remember when that came out. All the stores had like a little thing set up, and it had the clamshell like forced open a specific position, so you couldn't break it or anything, but you could play it. You know, and it had Super Mario World in it, or Super Mario. New 64. Super, the new Super Mario Brothers was oh, the one okay. that was in it. And, and you could, you know, demo it. And I was expecting that they'd do the same thing with this one, and nobody had them on display anywhere. You could see them in the box, but they didn't have them out, which led me, to, which made me suspicious, you know, because it's like when they're not openly yeah. demoing something and it's got this new cool technology, mm-hmm. in my mind that implies that that technology, that it's not as new and cool as the marketing is making it sound if they don't want to let you try it. And then I remember you saw one in a store, like the, uh, the well, employee had to show you. Exactly. I said, do you have a demo of it? No, but here. And he pulled it out of his pocket. And, yeah, that was the only time I had seen it. And, you know, I know they had, they've had disappointing sales, and they re- dropped the price by, like, almost 100 bucks. Yeah. Because of that. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe if they actually showed it to people, the sales might have been better because and the, you, know, you couldn't the, see what it could do. And the thing is, see, now, I had heard stories in the news and stuff, of people getting sick from it. Yeah, but from you can the 3D adjust, effect. I, I, remember in the, I remember even reading about how you could adjust the 3D or turn it off completely. You can turn it off completely. Basically, okay, if you have two dots on a screen, on a computer screen, mm-hmm. like I'm looking at, at the left screen there where there's two icons for the music, uh-huh. and they're the same icon. If you cross your eyes... Like, relax your eyes, cross your eyes, whatever you want to call it, to where they, they start moving independently. If they overlap, it'll look like one icon, icon with 
the re- everything else out of focus. That's kind of pretty much what our eyes do yeah, anyway. That's how, we, that's how we focus. That's how we see the real world in 3D. Yeah, both uh, eyes called, are uh, by. Uh, there's a term for that. There's oh. uh, by something vision. Um, but it's basically stereoscopic vision. Though. Yeah, yeah. Your eyes, two eyes, two images are focused together, overlapping, so therefore it's it looks 3D. And it's because the stuff in the background is out of focus. But the fact, what you can do with this is, you can adjust the 3D in that you've got two images that are that are slightly different and slightly o- off from being. Exactly on top of each other. Yeah. You can adjust the 3D-ness of it so that they move further apart so everything has a little more depth to it. Or you can take it way back so that there's just a little bit of depth. And and what I noticed myself in the beginning, I didn't get sick at all, but my eyes would get tired. Hmm. Like they would feel strained. So I would just turn off the 3D and keep playing. Hmm. And it was fine. Um doesn't quite happen as much. The thing with me is like if I'm walking or doing something in, in Zelda, uh-huh. I find myself moving the the, the, the unit shit. itself, which if you're not looking straight on, you're like, going to get like blurry double image. You're expecting to see your well, no, like just because you're looking at oh, or just angling it just, while you're playing. Just moving it without meaning to. Uh-huh. It's not like I'm turning it to see what's around the corner, but just moving it. Like you're, you've been playing for a while, you readjust your position. Yeah, and and then it becomes blurry, so then I have to turn it off. But overall, it, I'm really happy with it. I'm surprised at at how cool it is. That's cool. So I would definitely, and you can, you can. Download, um, download or upload. I guess it would be download from your. If you have a DSI, mm-hmm. you can transfer all your your information from that oh, into cool. this. Yeah. So, oh, and the, just one other thing about it, um, you can also access the the DS store mm-hmm. or whatever they call it. Um, and that first day, I spent ten dollars. I bought the original. Super Mario Land for the DS for four dollars, and I bought. Yeah, did they colorize that? No, this, no, it's still it's black and white. white. Yep, oh. for the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I bought. Um, that was the only reason when I was a kid that I wanted a Game Boy. And you I know what? I never ended up getting one. I don't like it. No, no, it's too much like the very original Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. for for the Nintendo, uh-huh. in that you go forward. It's a side scroller that only goes forward. Oh, you can't go back. And and the way they, I think the way they cram more into it is like halfway through the level they repeat it. Oh. Or most of it. Which makes sense because there was less processing power in that than there was in the uh, in the original NES. So. Yep. And the one that came after it was the one I loved, which had a map. It, uh, uh, Mario like World. Super Mario Brothers. Well, Super Mario Brothers Three had a map similar to that. But Mario World was the yeah. It was it was similar to the. NES. Yes, it was. Yeah, and it was, that was a closer cool. to really that. I liked that one. Yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah. Um, this one. Oh, the other thing I bought was uh, Zelda Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. in in color. They redid. Apparently, you can, and I didn't know this, but I read the other day somewhere that if you hold down certain buttons as the game launches, you can play it in the original graphics. Oh yeah. Which I didn't even realize I wasn't. (laughs) But that game is actually very cool. Link's Awakening. Yeah. I forgot. It's simple, but as cool as the original Zelda was, Mm -hmm. this is. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so I'm I'm having a really good time with this thing. I'm glad. Yeah, me too. Good thing to hold you over with until you get the uh, the Wii U. Yeah, and uh, I know we're we're gonna have a music break here in just a minute or two, but I wanted to mention just one other thing on the subject of video games because it's an easy segue to this. Yes. Interesting little turn of events uh, today. I read an article on one of the news websites that was talking about the latest PlayStation uh, Three, the PS3 update. Yeah. Like from time to time, they have these software updates that you have to do if you want to keep playing online, and and also 
there's other things. There's usually like upgrades to the firmware. Yeah. PS3 in the operating system, and a lot of times like you have to do that to keep up with Blu-ray technology. You know, like some of the latest Blu-ray movies will play and stuff. And you get this big end-user license agreement thing that you just click next, next, next. Right, and right. Pour through. Well, uh, apparently, one of these news sites actually went ahead and read the entire end-user license agreement. Yeah. And found one interesting change in this one, which was that to get the latest update, which is required to continue to use your PS3 as a Blu-ray player, or to do anything at all online, even like watching Netflix online, one of the conditions, one of the things they had snuck in there was a brief little section that talks about uh, accepting this update automatically um, removes your eligibility to partake in any class action lawsuits against Sony. Really? By accepting this update, you're agreeing to private individual arbitration. And that that almost never happens. Almost any time a big company like them gets sued, it is as a class action lawsuit because in order for an attorney, for it to be worth an attorney's time, they usually have to get a few thousand people or more involved in it. And, you know, not that long ago, there was this whole issue with Sony where there's, where PS3 got, site servers got hacked, and it was revealed that none of the personal information for their users that registered on it was encrypted. The only thing that was encrypted was the credit cards, but your name, home address, birth date, email address, preferred password, uh, the, like, the, the codes you, the, like, the, what your mother's maiden name or whatever yeah, yeah. was that you use when you lose a password, all that stuff got out. Which is extremely dangerous, of course, because you know how you get those Nigerian yeah. emails. Well, of course, anybody who's got half a brain knows to uh, ignore those, but it gets a little dicier, though, when the person sending you your email knows your name, knows your address, knows All other info. personal information. And what makes it worse is, is that if the, email, the password that you used for your login was also the password you used for your email, which a lot of people would, yep. then they also have access which to Which a lot of people do. So... And there have been a few things like that recently where they've screwed up big time, and there's a few class action lawsuits pending against them as a result of that. (laughs) But, of course, it's not legal for them to just blanketly say that and give you no options because they'd be taking away features that were promoted as part of your initial price because it's for continued use of your system as intended when bought. Right. So, reading a little bit further down in it, if you wish to be uh, excluded from this clause, you must send, within 30 days of clicking I accept, a letter to the Sony of America, blah, 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 (laughs) clearly stating your name, your username, your login ID, your mailing address that you use to register, and very clearly stating that you wish to be removed from this particular clause of the contract. Wow. Otherwise... Uh, so it is possible to opt out of that, but you have to send them a physical letter in the article. They're like, we'd suggest if you do this that you probably ask for a signature uh, confirmation. Yeah, because otherwise sure they never got does, it. Yeah, exactly. Just to make sure the post office doesn't <coughs> lose that letter mm-hmm. on its way to Sony's office. But, you know, down in the comments section on the article they were talking, though, and they were basically, people were like, either way, Sony's going to get what they want because the only way a class action lawsuit works is when you have a lot of people yeah. in it. And most people aren't going to see it. Most people aren't going to do it. Oh, yeah. That, which means that for the several thousand of us that do, there's not going to be enough people to be a, to pose a problem for them anymore. But uh, Yeah, no instead of making it a nice, easy box to click. Of course, it's because it's not in their interest. They're trying to get you... Not to do it. Yeah. Yep. They're trying to get you to ignore it because it won't be you that's doing the class action lawsuit. It'll be an attorney. When you go to the attorney and they see that, then... Although there's also all this, you know, armchair quarterbacking and whether or not that would be legal, that would hold up legally, but doesn't really matter. It's, you know, but just another dicky dicky move by a, a different video game company. Yeah, kind nice. of coming to expect that kind of thing from Sony. But anyway, we're gonna go to a music break and uh, we're gonna listen to. Uh, I believe this is gonna be Petty Buka and uh, perhaps, 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 perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Emperor has been expecting you.
What the hell's the matter with you? Hello, this is Cammy from Street Fighter 4. You're listening to Bunch of Dorks. Do I have to say dot com? Yes. Okay, I'll do it again. Here we go. Take two. <clears throat> Hello, this is Cammy from Street Fighter 4, and you're listening to Bunch of Dorks.com. Cannon Spike! Oh my gosh. And we're back again. And uh, thank you, Petty Buka. Buka. And Cammy. That looks weird. Looks like it's spotted or something. Spotted? Never mind. I'm looking at the uh, our audio We're pattern. In a okay. So. Never mind. Anyway. Anyway. So what else? Um. Well, I got a few things, but I don't think we're gonna have time for all of my stuff. And I, you had at least one other thing, right? I have. Well, I have a, a quick story. Why don't we start with your quick story? I'll start with the quick story. Before I start having diarrhea of the mouth again. Okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually just the night before you went to Vegas, mm-hmm. we were all going out to eat, including you, mm-hmm. Mimi Bunn, Sally Barwench, me, and John, mm-hmm. and you ended up heading home so you could get stuff done. Yeah, and I realized that looked really weird because yeah, you in the parking lot. No, I knew, what was, I knew what was going on. So the four of us ate at a local restaurant Mm -hmm. and we had a nice time and when we were all done and getting ready to leave we had paid and everything I said let me go to the bathroom before we leave so I go in the bathroom I had told you this yeah I told you this story I told it but you you had a lot on your mind yeah Uh, I said let me just go to the bathroom before we leave Mm -hmm. so I go in the bathroom go into one of the stalls did what I had to do when I was all done pull the pants back up you know, button it up, and did what my mother had always taught, which was, you know, you, you step on the, the handle to flush the toilet so you don't touch it. Okay. Well, I stepped on it, and my foot kept going. The handle shot out of the toilet, hit the stall wall, fell down, water started gushing out of where the handle was. Really? Okay, I don't remember hearing all did that. that really oh, yeah. Happened? Yes, it did. It was gushing out. At full speed, huh. hit the was hitting the stall wall. Like there should even be water where the handle is. Uh, but there was. Wow. And it, it, it was. I love Lucy episode. Basically, it, it wasn't. It, you were Lucille Ball there. 
I, well, let's put it this way. When that happened, I literally stood there with my mouth wide open, my eyes wide open, staring at the water coming out. As it hit the stall wall, it was going up, down, hitting the walls. I could, it was swirling down the drain in the floor. My stuff, my stuff wasn't even thinking of leaving the bowl. Wow. And I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? I'm like, okay, I gotta go tell someone that I flushed the toilet and the handle fell off. And so no, what you say is, I went to go use a bathroom. And this was happening. So, I, I start to leave the stall, and just as I, I open the door and step out, the water starts slowing down. The gushing started slowing down. So I kind of looked at it, and it, it slowed down and stopped. And of course, there's still water swirling around on the floor. Right. But I said, I'm not telling anyone, i got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I go through, I go out the door, didn't stop to wash my hands or anything because I wanted out of there. Had to be very careful walking back to the table because my feet were wet. I get to the table, I said, come on, let's go now. So they look at me. Huh? I said, now. And I turn and start walking away. They're like, what, did you just rob the place? And what's well, your name? As we're leaving, I forget whether it was um, Mimi Bun or, or Sally that said, we're, oh, I think it was Mimi Bun, said, where's the ladies' room? I have to use it before we leave. I said, go somewhere else. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> and, and I kept heading for the door. Go out the door. Now, the three of them are follow, falling further and further behind because I'm just in a hurry to and get to the car. Like, huh? yeah, well, we got out into the parking lot, and I was maybe 20 feet ahead of them. And one of them said, are you going to tell us what happened? I said, get in the car. <laughs> so we get in the car, and then I told them what happened. But I could not believe... You flooded the bathroom. I flooded the bathroom. And, and as I was telling this story in the car and then the next day I realized to me one of the funniest things was that I actually stood there with my eyes and mouth wide open <laughs> staring at this water coming out it just it just cracked me up it was pretty funny now that I look that back is funny. <laughs> so yeah you were Lucille Ball <laughs> it was it was like a Lucy skit so um Crap. Yeah. We just had to stop the show because we heard an annoying little buzz, and then we went back and looked, and... Uh, You've been hearing it for a while. Yeah. And here's the funny thing is, is we did do a sound check this time. We always joke about how we never do those, and we probably should have done those, but this time we did. Uh, we did check everything out, and we, when our initial playbacks, we weren't hearing the buzz. And uh, we've been listening with audio fairly high to check for the buzz, and it has. And we've been we stopped the show several times. Yes, to actually get rid of the buzz, and but it's uh, still there. But it's yeah. So unfortunately, you're probably hearing a buzz right now. We're not hearing, hearing it. it. It's only picking up on the recording, and we do apologize for that. But um, we're going to try to work that out between now and the next show. You know, in October. Or November, or whenever that is. No. <laughs> we may have a bunch of best of. We're gonna we're gonna try to work that out before the next show. But uh, for tonight, we're unfortunately because of the time, because we are basically ten minutes away from the end. You're actually yeah. like eight minutes away from hearing Land of the Lost start. Um, we're gonna just try to power through this, and hopefully you understand. And hopefully, Dan and Harmony and uh, just many just others will Dust Bunny and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera will forgive us. We're, I'm sorry. Yeah, it sucks. Yes, we're we're thinking that this board, the soundboard, may be going. Yeah, because that happened once before, didn't it? Yeah, where we were getting the buzzing and everything. Yeah. Damn. Sorry, folks. We'll have to go back. We'll have to revert to the other system if that yeah. happens. And yeah, it may sound like we're in the tunnel, but at least it's not buzzing. Exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Well, if you can stand to listen, we got a few more minutes. So what yes, you got? Um. I got a few things, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and leave Vegas because Vegas was a big trip this year. Usually, uh, when I go up, it's not a bi- it's not that big of a trip for me anymore because I've been so many times and I've been going every year. Um, the first few times I went, I always like sandwiched extra days on the trip so I could check things out. But I've actually finally reached a point where I think I've done most most of the things. I'm seen it all, almost. 
And, I mean, they add a few new things, and I usually go up a day early just to try to knock out one or two things or maybe see a show. But this year I went with Mimi Bun, and this was her first time, so ours was like an eight-day, seven-night trip. Wow. We rented a car. There was all kinds of shenanigans that ensued. ensued. Um, but that's obviously more than I can talk about in just ten minutes. So I will save that for another time. Next week, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, instead, I'll talk a little bit about uh, Widget U, which actually happened a couple weeks earlier. I was on another flight to another far-off-flung destination, and uh, and uh, some minor adventures there. I'm going to have to think about this one a little while I talk, because it's kind of deep in my memory now, after <laughs> everything that's had. It feels like it's been a while. It feels like it happened months ago, and it was like four weeks ago. But uh, but anyway, my company holds a convention every year, and they do it in different locations. Interestingly enough... Mine does too. Yeah? Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. You, interestingly <laughs> enough, guess where Widget U is next year? Would it be Vegas? It sure is. And guess where, uh, gu- guess where I'll be going a week and a half after that? <laughs> Vegas? Yep. Really? Yep, because... Uh, you can stay there? Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to be racking up the frequent flyer miles next wow. year. Wow. But uh, assuming I'm still at the Widget Factory, yeah, you know, go with Widget U. But basically, they have something called Widget U, and it's a uh, it's basically a convention for our company and all the people on our networks and the franchisees and all that stuff. They all pile into some town, and usually so. <laughs> and pile in. That's the easiest way to describe it because it's usually kind of smaller places. Like next year, it's going to be in Las Vegas, which I'm curious to see how they pull this off because. A Widget U convention is not like a normal convention. Usually when you go to conventions, everything is kind of out of pocket. Like, you register for the convention, you pay whatever it is, or your employer pays whatever it is. Then you get there and you book your hotel, and then then you have your meals and, and whatnot. Well, for Widget, Widget U, the only price that the attendees actually pay is a, if they register in advance is 25 bucks. 25 bucks a person. Now I know where my pay raise goes. Yeah. Now, once they get there, they do, well, they do have to cover their own hotel expenses, but most of their meals are paid for already. There, <laughs> there's a gala, which costs way more per person than that $25 for registration. There's keynote speakers. There's meals throughout the day on almost every day there. They have evening dinners for this and for that and everything. Basically, once you get there, the... Comp- the widget company basically picks up the tab for almost everything. And I found out this year when we were out there that uh, we basically get raped at these convention centers and hotels because you can't bring in your own stuff. You have to buy it. All the catering has to be through the convention oh, center of or the hotel. And in the case of uh, where we were this year, which was New Orleans, we were at the uh, New Orleans Marriott, uh, we were paying, hundred. I think he said $180 a gallon for coffee. <laughs> now, mind you, it was Starbucks, so but still... a gallon. I'm pretty sure we could have gone out to the lobby to the Starbucks and bought it a cup at a time for less than that. Yeah, really. To uh, to hand out, but uh, but yeah, cans of soda were four bucks a piece, and they just had them like in ice, you know, out there for people to grab in between sessions. Um, Just insane prices for this stuff, and you know the. Person, one of the chief people in charge of putting all this stuff together at our company was talking to me about it a little bit out there, and I was like, "Wow, that is that is crazy." And he's like, "That's not that's not just here. That's that's everywhere." He goes, "Sometimes it's a little more. Sometimes it's a little less. It's a little more here than where we the places we normally go, but that's typical." He goes, "Like that's they give us a decent price on the on the meeting space, and that's where they make it all up." They charge out the I line. wish you didn't tell me that, because I'm so pissed off inside right it's now. Like, Wi-Fi access in these, hotel, in these convention centers, it was like 530 bucks for to get Wi-Fi access in the convention center, which, of course, we had to have. So, uh, and uh, it was just, that, this, that, that was just, blew my mind. And yeah. the funny thing was, is there was a reception for, I think it was new franchise owners that was on the, in the penthouse floor of, of the hotel where they have kind of like a meeting space. Like it's, it's sort of like a restaurant, but it's not. It's a space with a restaurant for, for like there's some seating and there's a bar and then there's, it was like a buffet thing they had set up. Okay. And at the end of the night, you know, and, and of course, whenever you go to these places and it's like finger food, they always give you these tiny little plates yeah. to get your stuff. But at the end of the night, as they're starting to slowly get people towards the elevator to go back down, I look over, and he's sitting at a table, and he has this really big-ass plate. I mean... Who's he? The the guy that was telling me the prices of everything. Oh. 
and he's got this huge plate that's just got all this crap piled on it, and he's sitting there eating dinner, and I'm like, yeah, that's because he knows how much tonight costs. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, we paid for everything on that buffet. It's all going on my plate because <laughs> we're not, no, no, no employees are taking any of this food home tonight. Wow. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it was in New Orleans and, and it was, it was kind of cool. Um, you know, the, the year before it was in, last year it was in, uh, in, um, Graceland. Right in the year? No, oh, oh, that's right. Uh, but that's kind of typically the kind of places we normally do it. Is like uh, we did it in um, Memphis, we did it in Tampa, which was was less than thrilling. Although we had the new Widget Factory, so that was a oh yeah, the big draw was come check us out. Um, we did it in like St. Louis one year. We did it in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. They're not like no, they're like not they're not places you've never heard of, but they're not like oh we're going to a convention. Yeah, New York City, Vegas. And I never under and and. I never really put two and two together on it, but it makes sense now because because we are covering so much of the cost of the entire events. Like, okay, I went to Photoshop World. That's five hundred dollars for registration, and that gets you like in the door. They do have coffee the first morning, <laughs> but that gets you like that gets you in the door. That gets you your regi- in your registration book. That gives you access to your classes, and that's it. Meals, anything, any after hours events or whatever. That's all separate. So. I understand because they're charging you five hundred bucks to go in, right? So, and here we're charging twenty five bucks a head, and then providing right, basically right, basically everything for the entire stay. So um, I get why they do that because doing it in a big city has got to be like insanely expensive. Yeah. So, so we'll have some pay cuts next year. Actually, I'm, what I'm thinking is, I'm one. I'm, what I'm going to be really curious about is where in Vegas we go. Yeah. I, when you said that, I was thinking that too. Because if we were like, okay. Photoshop World was at the Mandalay Bay, which is one of the one of the most expensive hotels out. Well, it, now it's not because the area city centers right kind of knocked them off the block. But they were previously one of the highest priced hotels out there. Uh, but again, you know they're getting five hundred dollars a head between for anywhere between two thousand and four thousand people in attendance at that, so they can cover those costs. Right. Obviously, we will not be at Mandalay Bay. No. Uh, but I, but I'm thinking like if we end up in the Riviera or something, it's going to be a really poor showing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there is a wide variety yeah. there. Uh, Palace of the Orient or the Oriental Palace, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, but okay, just a couple of quick things uh, about my trip to uh, New Orleans, though. Um, first uh, day when we got there, I decided I was going to go early. I was going to go a little early because we had to set up and. Uh, I booked a very very early flight where I'd be in, I'd be there by like seven in the morning, seven wow. in the morning or so, because I wanted to go around the French Quarter and take some pictures and stuff before I had to get down to work. And uh-huh. that was the, the only day that I knew for sure I was going to have that kind of time. So uh, I booked an early flight, and we had something going later that they were all referring to as the widget widget factory flight because the vast majority of the people from our home office were all going to be on this one flight for this one airline, because there's only one airline that actually flies directly between us and New Orleans, and that's Southwest. So I was kind of surprised to see one or two people I recognized on my flight. Uh One of those people turned out to be our CEO. (laughs) Oh. And as luck would have it, I was sitting right across from our CEO on our flight. You see, when I booked my flight, I made a little mistake. I didn't look very closely at the calendar, and I actually booked it for the day before I was going to leave. And so... So uh, I was flying up there on a Wednesday morning, and I booked my flight for the exact same time as of the Wednesday flight, but on a Tuesday morning. Oh, no. When I went to uh, do my advance registration online Tuesday afternoon, it wouldn't let me. It said I had to call. Oh. So I call, and I get on the phone with the operator, and she's like, Sir, do you realize that flight left about seven hours ago? Oh, and I'm no. Like, what? And she's like, uh, yes, that flight would... She goes, were you thinking that flight was for tomorrow? And I'm going, yeah. And she goes, that was today. Oh, no. And I'm like, son of a... Because the company reimburses me for (laughs) these things. Right. I book it all, I schedule it all, I pay for it, and then after the trip, I submit my receipts, and I'm thinking... You know, because I bought the cheapest... This is Southwest. I bought the, the... Got to get away flight, which is like the non-transferable, non-refundable. Right, right, right. And I'm thinking, I think I just ate, you know, close to $200 because there's no way I can submit two receipts for my flight up and go like, oh, I screwed up. 
She goes, well, I can reschedule you for the flight tomorrow, but the price has changed. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, you know, but uh, it wasn't that bad. It, it was about it was about $45 more, but they put the full price of the ticket that I bought in advance towards it. Oh, well, that's so, good. So I was able to submit that as a single receipt and, and get reimbursed and everything. And, it, and really, the ticket wasn't that... I wasn't getting screwed over that bad. It was just that the Internet only got to get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't available. Gotcha. So there's like four different levels of paying, of course. and it was only the next level up. So it, w- it wasn't that bad, and, and it probably w- hadn't been available for a while anyway, because those are the, you book it like three and a half months in advance, and you get it at that price thing. And she's like, well, to make you feel a little bit better about this, I'm going to go ahead and com- complimentary bump you up to the business class service. And basically... They have they, that? Yeah. I didn't know I didn't they know did. That either. But what it includes, it's it's not different seating. What it includes is basically you get priority seating, which means you're already you're already um, assigned checked. a seat. You're already, well, no, you're already checked oh. in, so you're the very first group they call. Oh, 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 right. They have a they have an advanced registration check in you can do that's like ten dollars more. Yeah, that puts you further ahead in the pack that you don't have to <laughs> check in online. But this one, it was like it was like me and the wheelchair people first. Gotcha. And you got a free drink. You get a coupon for a free Woo-hoo. free drink on board. And I was having this conversation with Mimi Bun about this, where I'm like, okay, this is like 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, there's an hour difference, so that's why it got there at 7-something. But it's like 6.30 in the morning, which seems a little early to be drinking. But I'm like, but it's a free drink, and they're like $8 on the plane. I'm like, I feel like I should do this. <laughs> yeah, really. This thing go to waste. But then I get on the plane, our CEO sits down right across from me, and I'm thinking, do I really want his memory of me to be the guy that at 6.30 in the morning was ordering liquor <laughs> on a flight? Well, I was sitting by the window. He was sitting on the aisle watching 30 Rock on his iPad, and I had to F it. So I drank <laughs> it. Uh, and he was sitting next to children the whole way, which was interesting. Oh. Uh, yeah. There were two kids flying without adults. and Oh. And, yeah. But he was actually really cool with them. I mean, I watched a couple times, and you know, the kids were freaking out about stuff, and he got the store, you know, the... The, uh, the sky waitress. The attendant. Sorry, I can't. You know, we don't call them stewards, stewardesses anymore. The flight attendant. attendant. But uh, he was like really good, cool with the kids, though. Really nice with them and really good with them. And it, he didn't seem like incredibly, insanely annoyed either. Which just uh, furthers my belief that we either have an incredibly cool CEO or he's just crazy and none of us realize <laughs> it. He's just insane and nobody's caught on yet. But um, okay, we're basically at the end of the show, so I'm going to give you a quick breakdown. Um, got there. It rained. Uh, while I was out on the, uh, out on uh, the French Quarter trying to take pictures, that really sucked because nice. once it stopped raining, it was more humid in New Orleans than it was in Florida when we left. Uh, but I did wander around, get some good pictures, um, had uh, some local food. Um, we had some interesting little things happen. Somebody stole two of our computers on the way back uh, <laughs> from the convention center. Wow! So we went up there with like six iMacs, and only four of them came back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um. We had some trouble with the initial setup. Our, t- our group got in late, and because they'd encouraged everybody to come a day early, all the franchises to come a day early, our group got hung up in the lobby of the hotel where there were like a thousand other people trying to re- get their rooms at the same time. Wow. So the whole schedule for our trade show booth thing was a mess. When we actually got, when I actually got time to do our class, we were in probably the smallest room in the convention center. This is what's funny. Okay, we do a we do a widget workshop at this thing, and a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of what widget you really is is for is geared towards the sales representative, right? That sell the sell the widgets. But uh, I get to do a class each year that that involves uh, basically training for people that in the field work with the widgets directly. Uh, but we don't get as many. You know, there's like a thousand people that go to this uh, roughly. And out of that, there's a big percentage of them that own franchises, and then there's an even bigger percentage of them that are sales reps, and then there's a like less than ten percent of them that are related to the to the actual operation of widgets. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got them in a class, and it was the smallest one in our area, at least that we went to. It was right next to the parking garage. We were on because we we're on the second floor, but the parking garage was on the second and third and fourth floor of the convention center. Yeah. There were actually like emergency exit doors on the side of the classroom, right where I was standing, <laughs> and you could hear because it was one of those cases where they only had one ramp. So when the uh, and it was um, it was uh, what do they call it when they park for you? Con- valet valet parking, and it was one of those things where they honk the horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they know there's someone coming from the other end. Right. Like you're going up the ramp and they honk the horn twice so the person at the top of the ramp knows not to come down or vice versa. Right. So the whole time we're doing the class, you kept hearing, ha, 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 ha. 
And then to top it all off, during the setup, we're I'm in there an hour beforehand getting everything ready, and I'm sitting there with Sun King because he was there as well, and he's fiddling around with the computer at the projection thing, and I've got my laptop and I'm working, and I, I see something move out of the corner of my eye, and I look up, and there's a mouse behind Sun King. I watch it, and I'm, like, stunned. I can't believe this. I'm just sitting here looking. A mouse comes from behind him, runs all the way to the back of the room and into a little hole in the wall. And we never wow. see it again. And I'm like, you're not going to believe what I just saw. So we were, like, in the smallest room. We had horns honking out on the outside. We had rodents in our room. We then we didn't, And then come to find out we didn't even have independent light control because our room was, like, partitioned off from another room. Yeah. We tried to turn off the lights. It turned off the lights in the next room over, Jeez. which was bigger. We couldn't have that. And because our room was a partitioned off one, the door for our room was, like, one of those fake wall doors. Right. And it didn't open easily. We actually lost one person from our event because they thought it was a locked door. Because when they pulled on it, nothing happened. Uh, but um, but overall, ha- partied with some of our franchisees, have a newfound respect for Canadians, because I ended up hanging out with Canadian uh, <laughs> franchise owners and, and sales reps for a big chunk, and office managers for a big chunk of my off time, actually. Wow. Which was which was kind of interesting. Um, got to get our CEO, or not our CEO, our vice president, a little bit drunk. Nice. I'd say more than tipsy. Nice. Uh, off of something called a hand grenade, which is the strongest drink uh, available in New Orleans. I think it's 190 proof is the highest legal amount in the U.S. and and uh, Louisiana wow. is one of the few states that actually allows it. It's much lower than that. It's 95 percent alcohol. And uh, but it's it's grain alcohol. <laughs> and uh, these hand grenades have a lot of that in them. And uh, the first time I ever had one was a friend of mine, um, the Wampa Dude guy. Uh-huh. Um, we, I went up there for our Mardi Gras one year, and he's like, oh, we got to get a hand grenade, got to get a hand grenade. And, of course, the streets are packed with people. And the place is called Tropical Isle, which is, like, way down Bourbon Street. And I was like, fine, you go get your damn hand grenades. I'm not dealing with this, because we'd already been through this crowd, like, ten times that day. So he comes back, like, an hour and a half later. I see him, and he's holding one for me. And then, of course, I'm feeling like shit, because I was a jerk about, like, I'm not going over there for some stupid drink. But he gives it to me, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of good. It tastes like watermelon a little. And slurped through the whole thing in like about four or five minutes. Didn't taste like there was much alcohol in it. I took like six steps and fell flat on my ass <laughs> in the middle of Bourbon Street. Nice. Mardi Gras. And uh, the interesting thing about that was is that when you go to Mardi Gras, if you're over the age of 21, you're basically drunk the entire time you're there. Uh-huh. That's pretty much how it works. You go to sleep, and then, you know, the bars are allowed to serve until 6 a.m., and then you get up at like 7.30 because you're going to, to reserve your spot for these parades. Right. Amazing parades like downtown and on Canal Street. But then once that done, that's done, you migrate back to Bourbon Street and keep drinking. And Anyway, so I knew these things were strong, but I, I thought our VP had a history for, you know, handling her liquor. Yeah. Turns out uh, she, she, she actually... This is how drunk she was. She actually did the I'm not worthy bow to me on Bourbon Street. Wow. Should have gotten that on camera. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, but it was a fun time. It was a good time. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop now because we're actually gone a little <laughs> over. And I think I hear the uh, oh, it's, horror coming it's up. It's coming. It's coming. So uh, go ahead and shut up now. You're pro me. And you're man with no name. And uh, we didn't say that in the beginning. No, we didn't. Bunchofdorks.com. Yes. Okay, bye. Shabalabali. Blah, blah, blah.